Yeah. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Go ahead. Ah. Uh, okay. Got your coconut? Yeah. How's this mic level? Snapping picks. All right. So... Guess um. Guess we'll get started. What do you think? Yeah, we're started. Were we started? We're not officially started yet. What are we doing now? Well, we have to wait for the theme song before we're actually started. Pre-start. Yes, pre-start. Ah, there we go. Uh, uh. Hey, uh, everyone, uh. welcome back. Yes, another episode of Real Talk. Stories with live Jen. from Bali, yeah. where everyone's yeah. got a story. Uh. We've got a <laughs> we got Mama Mama Jen in here. Pregnant stuff. Uh, met her at a, a fabulous tea ceremony last night. She arrived and took pics of the ecstatic bliss that we are all experiencing. Mm. And uh, today she's at the studio. What's up? So. Um, How's, how's it going, Jen? I'm sweating. Sweating? Yeah. Is that is that a mom thing? or Seven what's and a half months pregnant. It's hot inside the body. It's hot inside the body. So for those of us that um, have never been pregnant, such as myself, as mm. well as a lot of other people, um, what is it? Is it? Is it strange or is it cool? Or what's, what's the deal? What's the deal? With, it wasn't you know? planned. I surrendered fully, and it's a soul inside of your body. You know, we think our bodies are our own, and then one day another soul joins your soul in sharing a human vessel together. It's totally trippy experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally. Um, yeah. Well, it wasn't planned as far as you are concerned, but maybe the divine presence or the universe or God or whatever powers that exist were like, this woman is going to be a mom. For sure. You seem glowy. You've got that, that like pre-birth glow. It's half sweat and half growth hormone. <laughs> That's uh, that sounds like a great beauty product. I'm sure uh, suburban, suburban housewives would apply that to their face. Yeah. It's, most if you run for several hours a day, how you glow after that, pregnant women glow all day. Yeah, without having to run. We don't have to run. Is that from your body working overtime, or is that... It's, I believe that it's from literally growing a human, mm. so the hormone's just in there. Wow. Twi is it twins, or...? Uh, no. <laughs> Do I look Sing that large? I don't know. <laughs> don't know, actually. I haven't had a, I haven't had a um, scan, so... An, ul an ultrasound? Nope. So, could be boy, could be girl. Could be Ganesha. Could be... <laughs> a little junior Ganesha, right? It'd be appropriate. It'd be appropriate. So that would make you Pavarti, right? Uh, Pavarti, right? Is that uh, Ganesha's mom? Yeah. Oh. It's Pavarti and Shiva. Okay. And they birthed Ganesha. And the story, uh, we don't have to get too into it. Okay. Basically, the story, uh, shout out to MC Yoga, Yogi for uh, oh, I know teaching him. me the story. I know him. Um, yeah. Basically, he's got a song called Ganesha. And, uh, okay. Basically... The sh abbreviate the very abbreviated version, um, like the thirty-second abbreviated version of the story of like Hindu gods from thousands of years ago, is basically that uh, before Ganesha was Ganesha, he was guarding his mother who was taking a bath. Speaking of moms, his mother was Pavarti, and she was taking a bath, and Shiva came back from war or whatever, and Ganesh did not recognize. Shiva, who was his father, because Ganesh was born uh, from Pavarti when Shiva was at war, and so Shiva came in, and Ganesh was like, "Sorry, you can't, you can't enter the house." And she was like, "What are you talking about? Like, I'm Shiva. That's my wife. I'm coming in." And they didn't recognize each other, so Shiva cut Ganesh's head off and went inside. And then P Pavarti was like, "Yo, uh, <laughs> you just cut our child's." head off you just decapitate our head at the doorsteps to our 
our our palace. Like, what's the deal? Like, you got to get that sorted. So she was like, hey, my bad. I'll just go get an elephant and remove the head of an elephant and put it on our son's head. And then, uh, you know, we'll have a we'll have a god man by the name of uh, Ganesh. That's unconditional love. That's just dedicated. Be like, that's oh, okay. I understand. Things it's happen. All good. Just like, put another head on it. Yeah, totally. Preferably an animal. I'm gonna give the the, the father <laughs> of the child the story to read because he is in Germany. Oh, so if he comes good. back and cuts the head off, you know, maybe he reads the story first. As long as yeah, a tiger. Maybe he could replace it with like a tiger head. Yeah, we got to change it a little bit. I mean, if you've got a baby a baby Ganesh, then you know. That you would need some sort of, it would need to be elephant, or you can just come, you know, it's the island of the gods. Bali's the island of gods. So you could just, you know. Street dog. Well. There's no judgment. No judgment, it's fine. Everything's fine. Ah, the, the face that only a mother could love. <laughs> so, yeah. So the father's in Germany. Yeah. He's not a Nazi, though, right? Well, <laughs> we're still doing that. I don't know. I just want to make sure he's What not, year is this? I don't know. I think um, 2020. He. Yeah, you know, it's it is super divine thing, you know, because a lot of people, you know, they ask each other plans in life and there's a quote, it's like if you want to make, you know, God quote unquote, if you want to make God laugh, tell me your plans. And yes. the divine universe is underneath everything that we're doing. Uh underneath the layers of the, you know, the veils of the materialized reality that we live in and yeah, you know, the ego and the brain, it definitely has its own idea but the universe will deliver and you know so yeah so that's it so german daddy and me and i'm sweating and ganesha dog child so he in his mind he's not sure he wants to come back like in his egoic mind in his ego he's not sure he wants to come back I'm sure he will. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he will. I was pretty mad at him at first because my, you know, my human was pretty mad. <laughs> and my soul was like, yeah, it's fine. You know, but the brain is, is tough sometimes. So, yeah, I was pretty mad. And uh, I definitely, you know, pushed him, pushed him away. I needed my own space to process things. And, but, you know, life is long. We've talked about it. You know, when you have a child, it takes a village. It takes a tribe. And... You know, people are always there to mm. unconditionally love. So, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe a child just having one father is not the best thing because maybe they're just getting information and knowledge and teachings from one man mm. um, instead of from a village, from you know a group like a collective fatherhood. You could say. Um. You know, it's. I mean, we're we're definitely moving into a new paradigm. I mean, it's 2020, and so here it is. And you know, the contemporary idea of a family is not always necessarily what it once was. And interestingly enough, what it once was worked really well, because hmm. what it once was, it was people living in communities, the women supporting each other, several babies coming out at once. Certain women would be doing things. Certain women would be doing other things. And these child, these children are raised, and they come into this environment where they have so many direct connections with different souls and different energies and different mentors and role models and support. And so they come into this already integrated community experience. And it's not being filtered through the eyes of their parents or the eyes of their family in a closed environment. But they come directly into the middle of the energy field. And so, you know... Actually, someone just told me a story about um, a family in Spain, and they were telling me that, you know, many places of the world, this is ho still how they raise their children. And they have kids, and they just, everyone, the, the child, you know, the child is a soul, so the soul comes through, and, you know, the mom takes care of it and everything. But it just, it exists in the family, in the village, in the community, and everyone kind of just does their part to make sure it's cool. Mm. And based on that practice bali would seem like one of the best places in in the world currently um for for that for that development it's great i'm sure there are other places in the world um it's so interesting to me though you know i i know there's so many of us that you know we go through an upbringing 
a very strict societal construct, teaching, training, storing information, learning, quote unquote. And then we have to take a lot of time after that to unlearn and unprogram the things that actually don't resonate for a successful integrated life. So like the benefit of having this opportunity to bring, you know, a new soul into the world and have it be fully integrated into a community is that hopefully it doesn't have to unlearn these very subjective teachings of, you know, one perspective, two perspectives of a mother and father, but it gets to experience life from its own perspective from the beginning. Mm, mm. Have a little more, a little more uh, empowerment of free will. Yeah, and soul and soul truth. Mm. Yeah, it seems to be a, like a, a more balanced situation. Um, what about what about the stigmas of of being of single 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 motherhood? Uh, well, it's interesting in Indonesia. They have a very strict rule here. When you have a child, you have to be married in order for the father to be legally uh, on the birth certificate doesn't matter if you're from Indonesia or not. So that's actually interesting to still, you know, be part of that system, even though we as a community may not particularly agree with having to be so legally married. On the birth certificate, if you're not married, mm -hmm. then there's no father listed on the birth certificate? Yes. So it's God's child. That is like... <laughs> It really is Shiva's child. <laughs> Shiva's child. That's uh, that's gonna be a Ganesh. <laughs> I don't know if it's quite quite gonna be a, a, a immaculate conception, but possibly. Uh, yeah, maybe. Quasi. It, it can be now. It's fine. It's yeah, debatable. Um, yeah, you know, again, like, I, I, I'm not sure. I can't speak for other single mothers. Um, but in my, in my. Uh, intuition, my intuitive feeling is that, you know, my life isn't single. Like I don't live alone. I don't do things alone. I'm surrounded mm. by friends and family and yeah. people and everything, every, I, I mean, most of the things I do in my life are co-creation of time, energy, attention of other people. So. Yeah. And it's uh, birthing a child here in the community that we have mm. opposed to being in say, Richmond, Virginia or something, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Where you have this whole pre-existing structure of ideals that already exist mm -hmm. that you're uh, basically uh, expected to conform to mm. um, doesn't exist here. Here we have our own way of doing things. So I imagine your life will be relatively the same and what you do and, you know, who you hang out with and what you eat and where you go. Um, it's just you'll also have uh, a little Jen Jr. Well, maybe, but <laughs> we'll see uh, how much it is like me. But um, <laughs> not the goal. Happy for it to be itself. Um, an yeah, he, can be a, he can be independent. Yeah. You may have sovereignty. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, you know, and it really brings the question down to community. How much community is... In, is in a grounded way integrated into life everywhere around the world. And how disconnected are we taking family units away from each other? How, how easy it is to live life in the natural flow and still have our children be connected, our, our friends and our, ourselves and our lives be intermingling? You know, are we, so, are, we, are, we, are we working so hard to have our own space that we're actually disconnecting ourselves from the people around us that support us? Or are we utilizing our time and energy to be grounded, to be productive, but also to keep those connections strong and the natural flow of our daily lives integrated with the people we care about? And that's like, you know, that's, that's the beauty of living in this divine flow in this life where we're totally freely expressing ourselves we get to share energy and in a, in a way that's in natural order. Yeah. Uh, sharing energy or the exchange of energy is something that happens regardless of whether we acknowledge it or not. It's sort of like people that say, oh, uh, I don't believe in spirituality. And it's like, well, spirituality exists whether you want to acknowledge it or not. Same thing with energy exchange. I mean, you know, it can be as casual as, as, as two people driving down the road 
one person cuts the other one off, someone honks, they go by. That's that's an exchange of energy, whether they acknowledge it or not. I mean, f- from that extreme to, you know, making making intimate love with your sexual partner. I mean, it's all exchange of energy. You go to a restaurant, you order lunch. You're not only exchanging energy with the person that brings you that food, but also the people that created it. So that exists. And I think a key thing to remember is the acknowledgement of that process. Mm. And I think the conscious acknowledgement of, of energy exchange can really help everyone involved. When we, when we just accept and say, hey, listen, we're all exchanging energy all the time. Let's be conscious of that and maybe a little more kind or not either way. But just acknowledge, I think acknowledgement of that is important. Um, and we have the ability to do that here without our guard up as much as a lot of other places. So I think there's a benefit seems to be a benefit to that. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's uh, or just having lunch. <laughs> but sex, but and here's the thing too, like sex, like sacred energy exchange. It's a different level of energy exchange. But no, that that's the point. Everything that we do, everything we buy, everything we listen to, everything everyone we talk to, we're 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 connected in that moment of presence. Yeah. So a lot of people, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but it's it's it. Yeah, I agree. S- Speaking of sex, were you were you and your partner were you in a monogamous relationship at the time? No, we weren't in a relationship whatsoever. No, and actually, it's interesting because the spirit of the child came to the father about like a month in as the pregnancy was growing, and he told him like he's like, "My name is Solaris. I'm coming for the big <laughs> event at the end of the year. <laughs> I arranged everything with the two of you, so you would create me." Because we only hooked up like for one day, you know, we hooked up like a lot, but only for one day. And he was pretty much like, "I I organized everything. <laughs> I chose both of you." And his due date is on solstice. It's on December 21 when everything's going down. So you. Don't have to worry about naming the child. He's, this is the new the new Earth. The child tells you his name yes. through the ethos before he's born. Yeah. And seven and a half months pregnant means born basically on the precipice of the new year. Twelve twenty one. Yeah, that's his forty day forty week due date. Twelve twenty one, so. December twelfth. Which is when all the stars and the suns are aligning and all the. Well, the Mayan calendar went through a big epoch. On uh, the twelfth of December in uh, in two thousand and twelve, mm. that was a big. People were like, "Oh, it's the end of the world." I'm like, mm, "You need to study the Mayan calendar. Everything's the end of the world. It's just the end of an epoch. It's just a new. It's just you know an epoch. Just just a, just a like a collective moment of time. I think it was like approximately thirty thousand years or something. And then you know it's just moving into the next stage. So that's that's pretty that's pretty cool. That it would be sort of like a like. A welcoming into 2021. I think we could, we we all wanna, wanna see 2021. We all wanna welcome 2021 in at this point. Um, <laughs> you don't. Know. The strange. rest could be lit. You don't know. I mean, I'm loving it. I'm having a great year. Um, you know, I would. I also try to be somewhat empathetic to the world and its its issues. So, so okay. So Solaris. Yep. Uh, appeared in a, some sort of vision. Yes. With, what are we referring to the father? Fabio. Fabio? His name is Fabio. I thought he was German. He is German. A German Fabio. Hey, I mean, hey, it sounds like... Uh, uh, you can give me a baby. Shoot. <laughs> it Str- was a suppressed, long-standing dream to sleep with a man named Fabio. No? <laughs> we've, all, we've all had that fantasy at one point or another. Do you have long... You have long he did, actually, at the time. A, sh- a, sh- a well-chiseled... And defined jawline. He does have a nice jawline. Yes. So it sounds like good genes. It's he has a handsome face. He's That's, a handsome man. Yeah. It's much better than having a child by me. I've got. <laughs> now most people out there don't know who I am because I'm anonymous and you can't find my photos and you can you know there's rumors of who I am but my actual identity is not confirmed, as you all are aware. And I will give you a little description of me, which I don't have to. I do not have a strong jawline, or well-defined pecs. I don't look anything like Fabio. <laughs> So, Jen chose a good guy. Like, I would not want to, I would not want to be the mother of a child from me. I would know, I don't know how good my genes are. I'm intelligent and charismatic, but lacking in the jawline. Well, apparently the spirit chooses. The spirit chooses. It's up to... I think the spirit's chosen me to be 
solo for my life, which <laughs> I helped this the spirit in that process. Well, for now, but I yeah, very, we'll see. I don't, I, I don't, uh, I don't ejaculate anywhere close to anywhere that could possibly. That's a little bit of exaggeration. Sometimes. But yeah, it's, it's funny how like we have these plans, but then you know the spirit or the divine or God or whatever you want to reference, you know, creation, you know, has other plans. What's that saying? There's a saying, right? You make plans, God laughs. Yeah, you God if you want to make God laugh, tell me your plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. So uh, I would say that's accurate. Okay, so Fabio, hmm. shout out to all the Fabios out there. Any any uh, Fabios don't have children? Just uh, swing by the studio. I'll be here. <laughs> Ah, uh, but I'm not a woman, so I can't really birth a child. Men can't birth children yet, right? At all. Uh, I've seen a transgender man have a child. No. That doesn't count. What no. Do you mean? A tra- who is a a woman that became a man yeah, that then got pregnant? Yeah. Yeah, had a womb. But that yeah, that that's doesn't a count, woman. So as of right now, no, men are not having children. Like we can talk about transgender. That's fine. I I'm kind of in the that's a woman, that's a man camp, and whatever you want to identify with is fine. Also, like I'm not gonna say, oh, you can't identify as this. Like people would look, you can identify yourself as a purple unicorn if you want. Like that's fine. I don't have any issue. Uh-huh. My own personal belief is that if you have a womb, mm. you are a womb man. Mm. Hence the name womb man. Mm. And if you don't have a womb, then you're a man. It's interesting because I was in the states living about six years ago in a different societal construct, and now being here. I've seen, you know, internally, we all have masculinity and femininity inside of us. Everyone, every, it doesn't matter if you have a dick or a vagina or whatever you're doing, everyone or both, everyone has this energy, masculinity and femininity, and we each have a balance and we have a journey of exploring both sides of ourselves. And I feel now coming to the other side of this perspective is that seeing some societies that are really repressing this expression in the physical male and the physical female the way that those people are handling that suppression Mm. is to switch their perceived Mm. gender because they feel more masculine inside. They feel more feminine, but it's natural. Everyone has this. It's Mm. like, it's, it's, it's like night and day. Mm. So to embrace that and to say, yeah, you can have this genitalia and you can act this way or you can embody this energy and it's totally normal. It's totally natural. It frees this constraint yeah, oppression leads to lots of sort of rebellion and yeah. I don't want to call I don't want to say oppression leads to lots of perversions, but oppression leads to lots of extreme reactions. Sure. When people feel like they're not being heard and they're not being accepted, they go to extremes. You know, so you know a lot of let's say a lot of men that feel that have a lot of feminine energy have like a really strong dominant feminine side that aren't accepted for the feelings and the way they act because they're in a man's body and they f- they feel more feminine than most males they just say a lot of times they're just like all right you know what i'm going to get some i'm going to get some boobs and i'm going to get my cock chopped off or not but i'm going to get some boobs and i'm going to grow my hair way out i'm going to wear makeup cuz if you won't listen to me as a man and say, me saying i feel like a woman i'm going to make you listen to me by completely changing where if there was more sort of acceptance, um, there probably wouldn't be as many physical sex changes because people would say, it doesn't matter if I have a cock or a vagina or boobs or long hair or I wear makeup. I'm just who I am, and if I'm feeling feminine, I'm feminine, and I don't have to get boobs to share my femininity with you. Of course, and women that are feminine don't necessarily have to have boobs. Or they don't have to yeah. have any like characteristics of this. And, and a lot of that just comes from this projection into society is in each society, right? Of how men are supposed to be, how women are supposed to be. If they don't fit the mold, what do they do? What are they supposed to do? Uh, you right. know, so. Well, get some hair extensions. <laughs> a little Botox on the lip skis. But there are men's circles, women's circles. Oh, la, la. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, that's one how, way. To how do does it. it work? Can a transgender? My buddy who was just on the show like last week went to uh, like a men's retreat. Okay. Are trans? How does that work? So if the oh god, is my ringer not off? I don't know. How does answer the call? How does? <laughs> it's coming from uh, inside the house. We're gonna do it live. Um, how does 
how does that work? Like a transgender person, like can a woman who's identifies as a man go to a men's retreat? And can a man identify as a woman go to a woman's retreat? Yeah, see, that's the thing, and it's just it's. <laughs> and who decides that? Yeah, that's you know, it's having this conversation in this moment. Really, there's such a deep need for deep connection with both sides and both sexes all over the world because then you know even if let it really takes away this idea that you know this projection of what being a woman is and what being a man is instead of allowing each person to express their truth in their own unique way you know every soul here is unique every spirit is unique and they have a unique message and a a specific tap path task and so to express each element of femininity, each element of masculinity without doing it like they saw in a magazine or doing it like they heard on TV, but doing it authentically, that is what creates this diversity and beauty in our world. This is my perspective, right? So it's actually like, in my perspective, it's a detriment that these beautiful men that have amazing feminine characteristics are changing their expressions to embody a perception of femininity, which is probably askew, probably outdated. Maybe their expression of femininity is actually really what is needed in the world. Maybe we really do need just like a man with long hair and like lots of emotions and lots of softness to soften something in us. Who knows? Would his name be Fabio? Yeah, he can, you know, I was like... uh... Well, now his hair is short. So, you know, oh, but the, <laughs> but I had this whole image. <laughs> but the, the, the point, yeah, yeah, you know. The, the, point, the point being that people expressing their sexuality or the aspects of femininity and masculinity they identify with today are more applicable and more relevant than any pre-existing idea of what masculine and femininity are. Yeah, it's so much more interesting. Please be free. Do whatever you want. You I'm know? just kind of freaked out by ladyboys, to be honest. Why? Well, I use all the dating apps. Okay. And like I was saying earlier, like being, I don't know, I guess being like a white guy in Indonesia, like I get a lot of attention, like way more. Like like I said, I'm not, I'm not a particularly good looking guy. Plus you dress like a gigolo. You have a robe, half a under robe. It. Is that and a gold chain? That's sexist. Gold is the gold. This is this is actually a really nice gold chain, but gold is actually the highest conductor of electricity, and the robe is basically just what I wear all day. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm just. If a woman was wearing this robe, would you call her a gigolo? I'm... Hmm. <laughs> Maybe I'm just expressing my inner femininity. No, I. I... This is a very feminine robe, You're... actually. It is like turquoise. It's total like acceptance. A, a yeah. turquoise linen robe on. I'm but, like, oh. Okay, so this is clearly the demographic that these women are going for. Yeah, I but know. I don't post this. This well, is not maybe my you my should. profile picture is like me with a hat. Oh, well. Sit, sitting there. Uh huh. If you're going to take a photo, I'm going to put the glasses on so I've got the real. <laughs> the full. This I've got these new. glasses that I picked up. They're actually like these two toned. So, I like these two toned. Um, oh. <laughs> What? That picture is amazing. <laughs> um, uh, I gave Jennifer uh, permission to take photos in the studio. As long as she doesn't... She can tag... I don't know how we're going to do that. Uh, you so can, I don't know how you're going to tag the podcast and put the photos out. You can just use them for your personal... It's a little tricky. Um, so, a lot of these girls... I mean, a lot of attention. I mean, back in, like, quote, like back in Hollywood, back back in Los Angeles... I would use Bumble or Tinder or whatever, and I would get like no 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 responses, like nobody. Uh, which I didn't really care. I mean, I didn't use it a lot, um, but it was just a little bit like oh. Hmm. And then here, it's like I just posted like dozens of messages, and a good percentage of these women are men. They're lady boys, and I, I can't even tell. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm literally <coughs> like. Because you know a lot of a lot of Southeast Asian guys mm-hmm. are have 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 like their facial features are just as feminine as like a lot of like you know women from fucking New York. Like there's like you know it's like after looking at like 
trying to figure out if, like, like all these girls are ladyboys or not. I'll, like, look at photos of my actual friends, and I'll be like, oh, that's a man! And I'm like, no, that's just Claudia. She's just got a big chin. <laughs> Is that your first question? When you <clears throat> when you talk to them after they message you, they say, like, 100%. hey, it's nice to, it, let's get together. And you're like, are you a man? A man. So, yeah, like, uh, like literally, like, 100%. And to be, to be fair, they're, um, they're, they're, they're honest about it. So mm. I appreciate that. And I think that, like, the <coughs> thing is, is, like, <laughs> yeah, like. In a lot of places in the world, homosexuality is illegal. Mm. Okay, so in Indonesia, homosexuality is illegal. Mm. And if a a transsexual, um, like showed up to like hook up, and it was like a guy that's like trying to pretend like she was a girl, and tried to like sleep with a guy, and he like noticed, he could like. Beat her ass. I'm calling her her, even though as a man became a woman, whatever. It's like, <clears throat> yeah. You know, so I call it just because I'm f- fucking from California. Like, wow. Knows. But um, yeah. he could beat her ass and her ass. I'm talking about the transsexual. It's still a guy, technically, yeah. T- still a guy, technically. And the cops, if the cops came, they would arrest the transgender and put them in jail for pretending to be a woman. Well, for attempted homosexual homosexual acts, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could be all a whole ch- slew of charges. Not only a whole slew of charges on the on the trans person, but the person, the guy that beat up the, the the girl, girl guy, would like no trouble at all. Where in a place like California, if a girl comes up, comes over, and a guy's like, oh yeah, and they get turned on, and the girl takes her pants off and a cock pops out mm-hmm. and the guy freaks out. He, he can't beat that girl up. He's going to jail. That's assault. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or it doesn't matter what the heck the context is. Yeah. You can't get beat up just because you have a penis and long hair. Like that's not a, that's not, <laughs> not legit. <laughs> so here the trans people are a lot more careful. So, you know, they're, they're very like, if I, if I ask someone, I'm like, Hey, are you, come on, are you a lady boy? Straight out, like, yeah, yeah, I'm a ladyboy. Is that okay? Mm. Right? Because there's a real fear here. They don't, you know, they don't want to get, you know, beat up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's cool. That's okay. Not for me. Ha ha. Have a nice life. Mm. Rainbow emoji. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. You know, so, yeah, it's, <clears throat> of course I ask. And usually women just send me, like, a photo of their government issued ID because it has to be, like, on their ID. At the same time, it's really made me, like, sort of think, like, I mean, if you can't tell the difference, I guess you can't tell the difference until the pants come off, which is when it's like, oh, that's, you know, but then you get to thinking, I mean, there is a lot of, there, 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 there is a lot of, um, you know, there, there is a lot of idealism and like assumptions of what sexuality is and what masculine and feminine are, right? It's like, if I'm attracted to somebody, I think someone's attractive, and the only thing that prevents me from being more intimate with them is that they have a penis, even though I may not even know mm. or be able to tell, mm. right? Mm. Just looking at their face, we're having a conversation, whatever it is. Does that make me homophobic? You mean homosexual? No, homophobic. Like the only reason. Oh. Right. Like if they, if I'm like, oh wait, you have a penis? Yeah, like, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to go any further. I don't think so. I mean, if you're sexually attracted to them and then that comes comes out, then there's probably part of you that's, I don't know. I don't know. Be, I was just having this conversation with someone yesterday about being attracted to other people and how I really, in that moment... Like I, other people, man and woman. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like there's an element to their expression of masculinity or femininity that we are interested in integrating into our own expression. So we see this in an externality and we're like, wow, I really like that way the woman is like carries herself and like expresses her beauty. But maybe we're interested in opening up that part of ourselves. So we create this attachment to this external human and we want them closer to us. So we experience them more. And then at a very high level, we want to you know, unite with them. We want to create union with them. We want to become one with them. So we want to integrate their expressions so deeply that we want our expressions to be together. 
And so like in that level of sexual sexuality, I mean, if you, you know, in that level of sexuality, then yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter uh, if it's a man or a man or a woman or whatever, because you're uniting in this consciousness. But if you're looking to like have a child or, you know, have something else, then it's a different story. Mm. Well, I think butts are weird. <laughs> and if a woman's got a cock, there's not a whole, like, I, like there's not, there's not, a, it's like, if I've got a cock and the woman's got a cock, there's not a whole, there's no, there's like, they, they, they don't, it's tougher than a match up unless, I mean, intimacy without sex is where that, that could go. Which yeah. is fine. That's it, fine. And intimacy can be non-sexual. <sighs> Yeah, and it sh- I like there. I, I wish there was more of that. Like you know, yes. right? I mean, you should be a. I mean, not should. I mean, you can. There should be more acceptance of that. My personal opinion. There should be more acceptance of that. In society as general, not just Western society, Eastern society, but society in general, the global society in general. More acceptance of being intimate without sexuality. 100%. Just because you find... If you're a man and you find another man attractive, you're a woman, you find another woman attractive, even if it's more than just, oh, they're good looking, it's you also want to be intimate with them. You want to be held by them. You want to hold them. You know, you want to be affectionate but not sexual. There should there should be more acceptance of that. And, and I mean, I, I see a very clearly... A clearly defined line. Like, I really... I really think that there is a separation there. Like, you can be intimate with someone of the same sex and not be gay. 100%. Like, okay. the problem is, like, there's so much homophobia. Mm. Like, people are so insecure with themselves and their sexuality that they have a difficult time being intimate with someone of the same sex out of fear that they might cross the line be judged yeah or even judge could be judged by themselves sure not even by anybody else and here's the thing just personal judgment is like this is really cutting humans off from very fundamental basic needs of human connection human touch seen and being seen valued love and because they they see something and they're like oh i can't do that because it's 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 not appropriate or something and so we're missing out on all these really authentic opportunities to get closer to each other and follow what really feels okay because this this idea of sexuality, this idea of inappropriateness was tied onto this experience by someone or something, right? Mm. And so instead of being like, yeah, come over, sleep over, let's hang out tonight and having that be normal and fulfill a basic human need of connecting about our childhood or talking about anything, right? We, we draw, we were told by someone or something that you can't do that unless you're in a relationship with the, whatever. I don't know what the garbage is. And then instead of having these deeper connections that are really raw and authentic and real and vulnerable, we're, we're isolating ourselves and each other from having these moments. And this is really what our souls need, I believe. Our bodies, our hearts. We need to connect on these levels and trust each other. Mm. I mean, yeah, not just our souls. I mean, the world. Yeah. Like if everyone, you know, if everyone was like naked cuddling in bed, <laughs> probably wouldn't be fighting so much. Yes. There might be some domestic squabbles, but in general, <laughs> it wouldn't be so, so extreme. And there'd be, I mean, there'd be more, more, more acceptance, I suppose. And a lot less issues, because I think, I mean, I think a lot of the, a lot of the sexual perversions out there come from a place of people having a difficult time expressing and sharing an intimacy without the fear of it becoming sexual. Yeah. And that's where a lot of people, you know, they close off. I mean, look, I'm from Hollywood, California, right? Like, if a guy comes over to you and says, hey, like, let's just snuggle, it means he wants to fucking put his cock in your ass. Like, that's, like, right? It's, it's difficult to find, like, true, innocent uh, intimacy. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to be like, hey, huh? oh, yeah, nah. You know, like, it's really... It's it's tough. I mean, I'm not like it's not tough. The mean streets of Hollywood, but but yeah, it's 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 difficult to find people that you can trust to the sense that you can have intimacy 
uh, w- without having the fear that this person is trying to get more from you than they than that than they're than they're leading on than they're than they're showing. It's interesting, right? Because it comes from I mean, it's got to come from a place of courage to show up authentically and say, "Hey, I want to have physical sex with you," or "Hey, I want to be friends with you on a deep level," and mean it, not use one word to mean another thing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of my gay friends in Hollywood are just like, hey, let me suck your dick. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but at least you know what They're they courage. want. They're courage, yeah. yeah. And I appreciate it. I'm like, no, I'm cool. Why not? I'm like, well, because I'm not gay. It's not gay. You don't label it. It's just, well, like, come on. I'm like, oh. Yeah, so it, that does say a certain sense of courage. And that courage comes from a place of not having to have fear. Mm-hmm. And that's why persecution of someone based on their personal belief systems is dangerous because it leads to a prevention of communication, and due to the lack of communication, there's a breakdown in intimacy and conversation. So, you know, it leads to the extremism we were talking about earlier, where maybe, uh, maybe uh, a, young, a young girl who doesn't necessarily want to take testosterone and, you know, shrink her breast and wear breast-restricting bras and shave all her hair off and become a man. Maybe if she was just a little more accepted for her masculinities, she'd be comfortable in the body that she was born with. Mm -hmm. As a woman. As a woman. Totally masculine. Yeah, totally. It's fine. So that's, there's, there's a relationship there. I think that relationship really comes down to communication and being comfortable enough to communicate with people. Um, then that's why I'm, I'm, that's why it's, uh, that's why that's why it's it's um you know i think important you know to have that acceptance and and we're we're it's it's so strange that we're in like this bubble in bali here where it's sort of like we're really able to express ourselves a lot more openly than a lot of places like you know at the tea, at the tea ceremony yesterday you know there was um there was that the the gay couple mm. And, you know, the woman was beat up, and I, I, you know, like last week. Mm. I, I don't, you know, it's, I don't want to get into, like, the details too much. But essentially, if that happened in, you know, places like the States, it'd be considered a hate crime. Mm. And the two women said something that was made quite an impression on me. It was, you know, at the beginning, they were both really quiet and, weren't saying much and about halfway through the ceremony when the tea master you know asked everyone else they had you know went around the circle and everyone said the field Mm -hmm. they said um you know the one basically trans translating for her lover said um i i i finally feel comfortable enough to have feelings again Mm -hmm. like i i feel safe enough in this group to be able to even feel feel things right so you know you've got people out there that are literally scared to death like scared not literally scared to death i'm trying to not use the word literally so much when it's not literally (laughs) uh people that are fear for their physical well-being and Mm -hmm. fear like literal you know physical attacks if they express their sexuality you have people that are living in that fear and it's difficult for those people to to really express themselves. I mean, and that's just an extreme. And then a whole other, uh, the whole other side of the paradigm, you have pe- paradigm, you have people that are scared of expressing their feelings simply for how they'll be judged. I mean, that's the reason I'm, I, I am anonymous on my podcast. Cause mm-hmm. I want to be able to say crazy stuff and not just, you know, liberal, right. Progressive things, but also, you know, conservative things. And you know what I mean? Right wing things. Like I just want to be able to say anything I want. I want to be able to say that, uh, the Democrats stole the U.S. election just as much as I want to be able to say that, you know, everybody deserves a right to to be free and to have, you know, the security to be comfortable enough to say how they feel and if someone wants to be a man or what, right? Like, freedom of expression and the communication that leads to is a fundamental tenet of harmony and peace on planet Earth. And that's, that's like, it's kind of like why, why I like, 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 because you could really have have those conversations. Aww. Well, it's just, yeah. no, seriously, it's it's nice, <clears throat> you know. I mean, that's why I actually, I actually, I had, I have to be honest. I actually, speaking of open communications, 
I had a guest on like last week and we were talking about breast milk. Mm. And I felt a little like I went back and like listened to it in post production. And I felt a little bad because I was like talking about single moms. Mm. And like, because bre- breast milk, we were talking about breast milk and how like breast milk is really healthy. And it's actually for a lot of like someone's like an animal rights activist or whatnot. It's like more conscious. Like breast milk is like, it's like, hey, it's like a little, it's like, yeah, I mean, I was, it was kind of all like done in jest, but it was also like there was also a reality to it. And do you was, think anyone makes breast milk cheese? So anyway. I don't know if it contains enough fats. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was just a random question. Okay, continue. Uh, I know in the UK they do breast milk ice cream. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And I was talking about how like single mothers mm. that were having economic hardships, how they could like literally sell their breast milk like to like a boutique market and how it would be like super local. <laughs> like it could be like, he was like, how do you deliver? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I guess you just, uh, like, I guess the mom could just drive over or bottle it, like whatever. And I didn't want it to seem like I was like sort of talking down to mothers mm-hmm. at the same time, being able to be anonymous and express myself without fear of cancel culture felt good too and i think that that's important so i just want to say on behalf of like an expecting mother like i wasn't i was just it was just an idea i don't think breast milk is one of the healthiest things on earth for a human to consume first of all when a baby puts their mouth on the nipple the nipple sends information the breast milk changes to keep the infant healthy so breast milk based on based on the saliva feedback of the mouth of the baby breast milk is like one of the healthiest consumable products on earth and every human, I would, except for the, you know, uh, formula babies and the lab babies and everything, every human comes off of the teat. They come into the teat, they live on the teat, and guess what? All you, everyone out there that's drinking milk, eating ice cream, eating cheese as comfort foods, it comes from a deep subconscious need for the breast, for the nipple. You know, if you're emotionally eating ice cream, you miss the boob. If you're drinking milk, you miss the boob. So all of these, like, animal products that are coming from milk it comes from a deep comfort of being on the breast i just want to back up for a second okay so when you're drinking when, when someone a baby or an adult is drinking breast milk from a breast and there's that contact the woman's body gets the biofeedback from whoever's saliva is on the teat and formulates the breast milk based on what they need. Yeah. So it's like a personalized, customized, perfectly created product for... Okay, well, you know, I was also saying the conversation, I was like, well, semen is really high in protein too, but I don't think you can custom... I don't think a man can custom design his semen. <laughs> like... Based on the biofeedback of the saliva. It's like, hey, do you want to just suck my dick for a couple of weeks and then we can have it tested and see if it's changed? Yeah, well, well, because I was like, oh, well, I think, you know, I think semen has more omega-3. Because we were talking about, like, human body superfoods. Oh. I mean, we went into talking about, like, menstrual blood and, like, it was, like, I don't know where that conversation went really far down the rabbit hole. But the, basically, it was, I think breast milk is not, not a competition. But it sounds like breast milk would win because it's able to adapt through the biofeedback to whoever's drinking it. But that would not work if it was a delivered product, right? Like if it was like – if the person never had contact with the breast, then it wouldn't – the breast milk wouldn't change. It wouldn't be customized for that person. It would still be customized. Be a huge, like massive high-end market for ultra-wealthy people who like have – you. there's probably – I don't – there's pro- – there's got to be some scientific data out there for like it curing diseases, like and 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 preventing health issues because it's a it is scientific fact, right? You guys can Google this if you want. That the longer someone breastfeeds as a child, I mean, I breastfed from my mom. I think she cut me off like years, like it was a while, like Ten I years. was. And the longer, I think it was um, it last was year. whatever last January. Yeah. Yeah, she finally cut me off from the teat. Yeah. I <sighs> seen you on a magazine cover. <laughs> <laughs> so the point being is the longer you breastfeed as a child and i don't mean you as a mom i mean like you as in a child longer a child breastfeeds from a mother 
the stronger their immune system is and the healthier they are later in life. And actually, most people, especially in the early years, that have immune deficiencies and uh, catch colds and have issues, these are people that were weaned off the teeth way too early. So they were born in a hospital. They were starting to give breast, you know, uh, uh, breast milk alternatives. Um, you know, and for example, uh, like uh, companies like Nestle. Okay, Nestle delivers powdered cow milk, infant food all over the world. And what it's doing, you know, I have a lot of friends in Africa uh, that are, you know, naturalists, you know, African Africans, naturalists. And it's killing tribes because it's malnutrition the baby. And then these children have a lack of breath milk. They can't even lactate when they have children. So it's creating this whole, these generations of malnutrition people. So, you know, breast milk is obviously, it is scientifically proven. This isn't just, oh yeah, I feel good for you. It's scientifically proven to have a massive health benefit to the child, and I'm just wondering if that can continue on. Like if it's if someone's 35 years old and they're having health issues, and they go back to the teat, if that can like correct what they're going through. Hmm. I mean, certainly it's got to be better for them than some like cow milk from some farm. And look at like okay, factory farming is terrible, but even just even a perfectly happy, healthy wonderful cow that follows frogs to the green pastures and gets sung uh gets sung uh classical music when it's it's being it's being milked and it's you know totally done in a beautiful way even that milk even the which is considered the quote unquote the, the best grass-fed cow milk in the world that still is not going to provide any additional personal health benefits to individuals because there's no biofeedback well and to go a little deeper i used to work in the cancer research industry and actually uh bovine milk and other milks they cause they have inflammatory effects on the human body because we're not meant to be drinking it so there's immune responses in the body when a human can consumes a cow milk product it's like an immune reaction internally and the immune reaction causes mucus formation every time there's inflammation there's mucus formation and over time there's a strong correlation between ingesting cow milk and cancer and other diseases Every disease that happens in the body happens in an anaerobic environment with inflammation and mucus formation. And so not only is it not have anything to do with biofeedback, humans aren't meant to be drinking milk for the rest of their lives, but you know, it's internally, it, it doesn't affect the body at all in the same way. Mm. Well, it's a different animal. Yeah. I mean, it's not <laughs> completely it's, different. It's biological structure. If you really look, if you want to go down that, you know, down that path, you can really look up. There's like the China study is a great book. There's tons of tons of research out there. Um, yeah. Could you just what, what are a couple what would be a couple of books that people could just check out so, real quick? Shorter, the better. Everyone's got ADD. The China study is great. The China, China study. the China study is it shows a long term study of two very similar villages in China. One of them was predominantly plant based. Just real quick, China study. Do you know the name of the author? No, but okay, so the China can, study. Yeah. Okay, so it shows two villages. Yeah. Uh, so what? Everything else about the two villages was almost the same. One village was predominantly plant based. The other village consumed animal products. And they found, once they started to look in the health of the two villages, that the plant-based village was, like, way healthier. I don't know what the stats are. They're in the book. Hmm. And then, so everything else was the same, climate, everything. And the other town that consumed animal products and milk and everything, they had more cancer, more this, more that. And so they started to look into that. And actually, if you look at the stats um, of nations that consume a lot of cow milk, a lot of animal products, a lot of especially dairy products, and instances of breast cancer, instances of certain types of cancer, it's a direct correlation, direct correlation. So it's, um, it's really, uh, it, and, and even actually if you do laboratory testing, I can feel it in my body, I'm super sensitive if I take a milk product, but if you do laboratory testing, there will be inflammatory markers in the bloodstream, in the human body after they consume something like this. So a lot of people think it's normal to go out and eat a meal and have food coma and, you know, cough and feel mucus congestion and all these things. It's not normal. The body is reacting to a food that it's not supposed to be eating. And, you know, it's not, I haven't been sick in about six years. So like, yeah, you look great. Thanks. Uh, it's, you know, the trick is to get pregnant. I'm just kidding. But 
you know, the point the point is, is that like this illness, getting sick all the time, having sniffles, quote unquote, having congestion. A lot of this is coming from the food that people are eating. And a lot of it comes from cow milk. So, you know, I don't want to get too far into the, you know, plant based diet um, world. But, you know, it's there's a massive correlation between consuming cow milk and inflammation in the body. And that's scientific fact. You can you can look it up. I mean, Google. I think I think most of us are now realizing the Google censors information, and Facebook and all these platforms they're censoring information. But you can still look it up. You can look it up on um, PubMed. You can look it up on. Yeah, but Google, Google, Google. In general, likes veganism because it's a very intelligent company with a lot of information, and they know the only way the planet's going to survive is if. A majority of the human beings are on a uh, predominantly plant-based diet. Yeah, and that's another thing too. So I they're mean, not going to censor yeah. that. That's well, yeah. I mean, that's true. It's like you know, thirty-five thousand trees or something crazy. But no, I mean, aside from the economic impact of the um, of the methane production of cows or the deforestation of cows, economic environmental impact. Oh, that's oh, th- that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, well, both actually. But that's a longer podcast, longer story. But the environmental um, impact of methane from yeah, from the cows and from the deforestation, and also even just from ingesting either the meat or the or the milk. So it's it's kind of ironic, you know. A lot of these problems people are working so hard to solve, they're causing them. <laughs> so you're saying humans are a paradox? <laughs> what? No way. <laughs> Do you, you mean we're creating yeah. our own problems and then we're solving them and then creating Humans them? Humans are such strange creatures. <laughs> well, oh, the really brain are. is, the brain is 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 a storage. The brain is a hard drive, you know, for the universe. The universe is constantly connected, and the brain can be connected, but it can be disconnected. And when it's creating its own story, it's never going to be as complete as seeing the whole picture. So. Oh yeah, I mean the whole picture though. I mean I don't know if we ever all see the whole picture. No, probably. I mean, probably not. But you know, it's there. It's like you know, it's there underneath everything. What uh, you so you're from the states because you have an American accent. Yes, I'm from Pittsburgh, home of Wiz Khalifa. Wow. Everything Red, that's black, black and, and yellow. gold. Yeah. <laughs> black and yellow. Black and yellow. Yeah. So. And, you're, you've got some some Asian. Yeah, like, my dad's Japanese. Yeah, I was gonna say Japan, and and. Um. And mother is American. <laughs> you mean white? Or what do you She's mean by blonde. American? She's very blonde. Okay. She's American, Aryan. white, blonde. She's Aryan. Yes, uh, Japan Aryan. Yeah. Japan Aryan. Yeah. Um, wow, Pittsburgh, huh? I can't think of a place farther from the reality of Bali than Pittsburgh. Yeah, I know. I have a good <laughs> friend amazing. actually here that's also from Pittsburgh. It's nice. Um, Really? Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, it's it's a fun bond we have. So you know, every it's every culture has its ups and downs. Here it has its ups and downs. There it has, you know, everything is. A you think bag. there's a lot of downs here? I mean, I I really believe. Look, nah. what? I believe that one. You know, based on our. It's ex- okay. You can speak for you. You're still anonymous. We haven't seen your last name yet. So you. <laughs> People out there is okay. <laughs> well, okay. So one, you know, based on the energy that we're vibrating with, we're going to find a reality that vibrates with us. And natures of the universe, when we don't vibrate in our reality, we either stick out like, you know, a star or like, you know, or the other direction, or we change our environment or we change ourselves. So, you know, I believe that, you know, we're here because this is where we vibrate. Um, but other every place in the world has its own frequency, and its own construct mm, and its own vibe. Yeah. So. So Pittsburgh was not the vibe for you, or what? No, Pittsburgh's great. I mean, Pittsburgh's here, awesome. What up, four one two? Like. And then here, because it sounded like you were gonna say something. You're like, oh well, it's got its ups and downs. And there's something about living here that you that you're not into. Like, is there? A, something i just i just mean you know like the grass is not always greener on the other side it's everything takes work everything takes Mm. energy i mean like you know here 
but yeah, of course there's basic fundamentals of living in a foreign country, you know? So anytime you live in a foreign country as an expat, there's language barriers, there's cultural barriers, like every time that's number one, you know, two, it's like accessing things. You're not as close to your family. If you want to see them, you're not as close to, you know, maybe, maybe other, um, communities that you can be effective in or be effective with. And we have our own community here, you know, but like everyone I knew up until I was 29 isn't really here, you know? So like little things like that. How old are you now? 33. So you moved here like four years ago. What does your family think about the child? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's so beautiful. Uh, because my mother, as a mother, now I'm going through this experience. We get to bond in a different way. You know, we, we go through life as a child to our parents. That's a relationship, child-parent. And then we go into a state where we're adult-adult. And then now, if, you know, some people who have children, then we become parent-parent. And so our relationship evolves as we each evolve in our own lives. And so the things we connect on and communicate and, you know, they change. It's so beautiful. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a new dimension to our relationship. And they're, they were happier about it in the beginning than I, than I was. But it gave me a lot of reassurance that, you know, that I, I knew that I was being a little hard about it. I, I knew... Because my mom was so excited, and I knew I was still like, Meh. so. Mm-hmm. Oh, in the beginning. In the very beginning, it was like you know. Because Fabio ran away. No, no, no. He didn't run away. He was really supportive. Um, When's he coming back? Well, he, uh, you know, I can call some people. They can collect. He and... didn't uh, listen to the universe. This is a lesson for everyone. When the universe is delivering you a message, you better listen to it. He wasn't listening to it and on a little ego trip and the universe this is a- after the universe corrected him. And this is after Solaris came to him in a vision and said, yeah. So after that, yeah, he still was like, eh. no, he, no, he was a good, he's a good guy. He was, he was like really, really available. Like he was, he was available and like, was. I'll, I'll support, you know, but I was kind of like, you know what? You need to do your own thing. You need to take care of yourself and need some space. But you know, we all go on trips ego trips and soul trips and and then yeah and then so what happened he wasn't listening to the universe he wasn't this is my opinion uh you know without any judgment this is my objective opinion no judgment yeah okay because it's happened to me it's happened to everyone sometimes our egos take over our bodies and we do all these things and the universe will adjust us whether we're consciousness of or not maybe we get hurt maybe we lose something maybe this maybe the universe is constantly adjusting everything around us so that we're aligned with our soul because that's why we're here we're not here to influence or to entertain the brain we're here to express from the soul so you know with him he just wasn't listening and was letting his ego run his body around and do whatever and taking his life for granted because his ego was like taking him there and there this is my objective perspective Yay, we got that. and um so universe was like okay well if you're not going to listen to anyone around you delivering this divine advice you're not going to listen to your own intuition. You're not going to listen to your soul. We're going to put you in a place where you have to. So that he got mean, hurt. What the fuck happened? Well, he got in a bike accident and fractured his leg. Because he wasn't... Boy, Fabio, you better come home to mama. <laughs> so we went don't, home. Don't watch you get that other, the, the other but, leg fractured, huh? <laughs> no, but I mean, this is... And especially here. Here's a, here, If you want to talk about ups and downs, I don't think this is a negative quality about this island at all, but... This island is very spiritual. It's very integrated. The people that are from here, the people that are living here, they practice spiritual. uh, They have a spiritual practice every day, several times a day. And they live in harmony with the spirit world, the community, and land. So when you do something that's not in your dharma, Bali will respond to it. That is one thing that is true here. Maybe you can get away with it in other constructs. You can be a bad girl. You can be a bad boy. You can get away with stuff. But here you can't. People lose their things. They get robbed. They get beat up. They get in accidents. They get hurt. They're, the the spirit energy here is very direct. So this is definitely not a place for the ego. This is an island for the soul embodiment and the journey of the soul embodiment. Mm, that's true. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've been coming here for like 20 years and good times and bad. <laughs> good times and bad. I had a... I got chlamydia here once. Okay. Thought I, I thought I, I thought it was staff. I thought I had staff on my penis, and didn't turn out to be staff. Well, you're lucky. Most of the time, you, there's no symptoms, right? So. 
No, there is. Oh, okay. Is that what it is? Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something that looks like it looks like staff, and it's like it's curable. They just gave me a pill. Yeah. I flew into Australia. And they're like, right, mate, just eat these pills, and then you got no time. I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> Australia is completely the opposite. Maybe how close geographically Australia is to to Bali, but how completely culturally different it is. <laughs> But yeah, you know, I've had some horrible times, and I've had some, but then I also have some of the most amazing experiences in my life here. I mean, you know, it's it's such it's such amazing, magical place. And yeah, I think you really have to have to be accepting of that. I think, um, you know, if you've never had hard times, you know, it's it's not a bad place to go through those. You know, it's a different practice, though. It's a very it's a soul embodied practice. I mean, everything kind of is. Yes. So, I mean, really. Um, I'm going to use the restroom really quick. I've been drinking. We've been drinking. Um, there's this thing called <laughs> butterfly flower tea, which is like this blue flower tea, and it's delicious. And I had a cup of blue flower tea. Um, I had a, a, a Kratom with coconut milk, bulletproof coffee. We're drinking coconuts. Hold on, hold on. I gotta take, I'm going to take a photo of Mama Jen with a coconut here. This is a very appropriate... Because everything is a coconut. <laughs> um, and a glass of water. So And a glass of water. So I'm going to take a quick stretch and break. Let me check the time, actually. Oh, my gosh. We've got about, about 15 minutes because um, uh, Helen's coming over. Mm. Helen, the this woman named Helen, who um, she's from France. She used to have a little kind of po- podcast talk show thing hmm. back in Paris, sort of a sort of some sort of fashion thing. I'm sure we'll, we'll get on here tomorrow to talk about it. So we got about ten more minutes to to. She'll probably be late though. Yeah, I don't know. Let's. So let's just take. You probably want to go use the restroom too, or maybe not. I don't I'm know. all right. I, mean, I thought like don't pregnant women because of the it's like pushing on the bladder. Is that? Yeah. So basically what you're saying is that I pee more than a pregnant woman. That's great. In this moment, that's true. Okay. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back uh, to have a short little part two in just a, in just a moment.